You're going to find that many of the foods we cling to depend greatly on our own point of view. You're listening to SWOTOR Reforged. Swotor Reforged is brought to you by TweakedAudio.com, affordable earbuds for your smartphone or MP3 device, engineered for awesome sound clarity and durability, starting at $19.95. Choose from four styles and six different colors. Use the code off the record for 30% off, free shipping, and a lifetime warranty, all at TweakedAudio.com. Hey, welcome back, guys, to SWOTOR Reforged. I am your host, Jedi Master Evarwin, and I am joined by my two wonderful hosts, Louis the Loremaster Olan and Fred Sith Lord Gorv Woodley. I'm back. You're back. <laughs> I'm here, strapping in. You are <laughs> strapping in and... And getting ready. Uh, I believe last week we were stranded on Hoth. Were we? Were we not? Yes, we were. We were. Get the hell off this planet. <laughs> That's well, right. And guess what I found in the bathroom? What? Oh God! I'm literally. I found Q2F3. <laughs> a worthless droid. <laughs> worthless droid. There he was. There he was. Q2F3. Yes. <laughs> How are you, Q2F3? <laughs> One day I'll get around to putting his other wheel back on and he'll be able to do something other than go in circles. <laughs> sure thing, Q2. Um, Q2F3 was was really great uh, and was uh, able to repair our ship after after landing on Hoth and uh, something apparently... Uh, yes, good good Q2. Uh, something something happened. Um, but anyway, uh, we're here with Bodar and uh, <laughs> we're ready to take off. So uh, I guess we're, uh, we're going to... Where, where are we going to, Fred? Endar. That's right. Off off to Endar. And uh, on our wonderful space journey to uh, to Endor, uh, the Endor Forest, the Endor, the moon of Endor, uh, or Endor. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Um, off while we're going, we are going to talk a bit about a bit about Tor. So strap yourselves in, everyone, one and all, here we are. Slotor Reforged is starting, and this this place is taking off. <laughs> All we need to do now is stop by a Build-A-Bear workshop so we can replenish the denizens of Endor. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Alright. So guys... We've had uh, we've had kind of like a little bit of an interesting week as far as uh, oh, but before I even like yeah before I even get into this, um, I have to tell everyone that unfortunately uh, we're not going to be doing the Holonet news anymore. We uh, we launched it as kind of like a kind of like a pilot program, if you will, like everything else on the network. Um, but the fact of the matter is, is it, it didn't turn out the way that we wanted it to, and I feel like it's trivializing the the conversations that we have on our main show right here. And I'd rather not have that happen. Also, um, it doesn't look like it's, you know, really all that popular to be, to be completely honest. Um, a lot of people enjoy our, our main show and, and, uh, I think the news kind of bores everyone. So, 
I mean, uh, there's, there's really just, uh, there's really just not a whole lot of reason to do it. So, um, so be that as it may, we are going to feature the, the most important headlines here on the show, like we used to, and, uh, we're getting back to that. And, uh, in accordance with that, uh, we did have one, one major headline crop up this week, and that is Daniel Erickson is leaving Bioware or has left rather has left Bioware. You hear, you heard about that, correct, Fred? Oh yeah. But they've been speculating that he left weeks now and he's updated his LinkedIn page and everything and now yeah. he's just finally making it official. Yeah, he um they see now this this came to us uh via Twitter and um October third, Daniel Erickson kinda made this whole thing public and he said, uh and I quote, um, as part of leaving Bioware, I'm officially starting a Twitter account for job hunting design thoughts, end quote. So uh Daniel Erickson joined the ranks of the executive producer of Tor, Rich Vogel, and the founders, uh, Dr. Ray Mizuka and, and Greg Seshuk, um, on the way out of the the bio door, so to speak. So, wouldn't it be interesting if they all ended up in Singapore? <laughs> <laughs> They're all, all over all there starting their new company. <laughs> I, it's, I guess I. <laughs> I know um, one of the writers recently uh, left as well from, I believe, this week. I don't know if you you guys had caught that either. I forget which uh, I forgot which uh, what his name was, but he's like uh, one of the main writers for for Tor, and uh, he left this week as well. So no, I, I, I didn't catch that. No, all I heard yeah. about was uh, just Daniel Action leaving. But mm-hmm. yeah, uh, the reason why I want to bring this up is is because obviously. You know, people are noticing this this huge trend. Um, I mean, is this? You know, again, we always have this. We have this discussion. I think we, we kind of have to have it. Um, is this something we should worry about as gamers? Uh, Lou, I'll let you go first. Well, I wouldn't be overly concerned with it, so to speak, because you know, with any gaming company, turnover is inevitable. I mean, people are a lot of people who are, I guess. Panicking on the net and on the you know various forums like game forums and such, you know they're seeing you know people are leaving, but they also have to take into account the fact that a lot of these people who are leaving have been with the company for years, years and years. I mean Daniel Erickson has been with Bioware for over seven years. Yeah. Okay, and in this industry, although I'm no expert, you know it does have you you will see a lot of turnover, a lot of people switching companies here and there, or maybe they get to the point where you know they just don't want to do it anymore. Okay, or they just want to do something new and they feel they can no longer get it at their current place. So guess what? They leave, you know, and it happens. Hmm. You know, so I wouldn't panic. I mean, if he wants to move on, maybe more power to him. Yeah. Well, why would why would gamers panic? What are they afraid of when they they see people um, of high profile start to start to leave the company that produces their game? What do you think, Fred? What do you think is the the uh, the fear here? Well, it's a natural fear because everybody, they see these people leaving and the first thought that jumps into their head is that this game that they love is falling apart at the seams. Right. But really, what I think is happening here, and, you know, I'm just going to lay this out because, you know, that's how we sit roll, is that these seasoned people are <laughs> leaving the company because, if you recall, when before this game even launched, most of the people that are working on this project and some of the bigger names in the game we're completely set on this game being a subscription premium game service. 
Right. And they did not want any part of free to play. And I'm not going to say that all of them are jumping out because the game's going free to play. But a lot of these people that are some of the more known people that have been working on the game, they don't believe in free to play and they're more old school and they wanted this to be a subscription game. So some of them, their heart's just not with the project anymore. Yeah. And it's better that people like that do end up leaving and new blood can come in that maybe has more experience with free to play and actually believes in the new model. Right. Um, yeah, I, I, I sort of, I mean, I, I agree with that. I think, um, I think you're, you're right where, right where this the thought basically is. Um, I, I mean, there's a huge change coming to this game and that's, uh, you know, that's free to play. And if you're not on board, um, it's, you know, it's a big change, you know, if you got to move on, if you're not on board and I see a lot of these, these people who are leaving, I see that I see this indicative of the kind of shift that's happening you know if this game came um came to us free to play and then suddenly they announced that they're going completely subscription i would i would imagine we'd be seeing the exact same thing to be completely honest um the the game is moving in a in a completely different direction than originally planned and i think when that happens a a major a major shift in the thinking um, for the game has to has to occur and the best way that you can shift thinking within a company is by bringing fresh new minds into the company I think the time to worry would be if they all of a sudden left they gave like literally a two week notice pretty much like destroyed their career in which doing so and then just ran out the back door that or that I would think would be the time to worry, and I think the time also to worry would be um, a financial crisis. We start hearing things like like Twenty Eight Studios was was going through; they can't pay their bills, and then all of a sudden they just shut the doors. Then it's time to worry. This kind of thing. Look, there's got to be an executive producer in the game. Okay, there has to be. You know, uh, people involved in the top, the upper echelons of of Bioware, if you will, um, because the game's not the game's not going to shut down. I mean, Lou, didn't you say um, a couple of weeks ago that that Lucas Arts has some kind of a contract with Bioware, like they literally can't turn the game off for at least three years? Right. I mean, somewhere it has to be. You know, not saying that anybody here are, you know, have insider information or have secrets or you know, behind the scene know it all information, but you know, with something like this. You know, there has to be something built in to where, uh, you know, if Lucas is going to license Bioware or give Bioware the license to use this IP, you know, right. you know, for damn sure, he's going to make sure that his company gets, uh, you know, their fair share of it. And that's going to have to allow for the game to at least run for a few years, no matter what, so that Lucas does get, you know, Lucas and LucasArts gets paid. You know, EA and Bioware will have to pay Lucas. All right, this is what you get. This is what we were told we would give you. You know, for us to use this IP. So here, you know, here, George, here's your share. Yeah. It's and not only were they launching a new game with this IP, but they also shut down galaxies that had the IPs to make room for this game. Yeah. Right. So, you know, they need this game to run for a while so they can recoup their money. Right. That's kind of the yeah. It's definitely the uh, the point I wanted to bring into this was that I think the assumption that the fear here is that the game's going to be shutting down in the next, you know, whatever months from now. And I just, 
you know, I just want to let people know that when we're seeing people leave like this, I don't think that's indicative of the game shutting down. I think that's a clear sign that a a uh, the thought process within the company is is shifting. And I honestly, look, when something's wrong and they fix it, and this is the way they're going about doing it by bringing in new minds, I don't think that's a bad thing. It's not necessarily a good thing either, but it's you you know for sure that you're at least getting some a fresh take on this. And that's not a bad thing. So let's let's be cautiously optimistic, or at least you know I'm saying I'm being cautiously optimistic. And um about about the the, the direction of the game and honestly like I, I'm I'm psyched for free to play to be, you know, I I, I have been that's just something if you go back all the way back to even Star Wars off the record. This is something I was calling for. For a long time, because this is where where the genre is going. You know, MMOs are going free to play, man. You know, it's it's a place to be. It's where it's at. So, you see, I take it from a little bit of a different angle. Mm-hmm. Where for me, what would almost be worse than if the game were to just suddenly shut down would be if they just left it up for years and never added anything new to it again. That would be, yeah, that'd be a. See that that would definitely be like the problem here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Hold yeah, on a second. See, I have no fear that they're gonna like shut the game servers down in a month from now. Yeah. That's my fear is that once free to play hits, they're just gonna feel like they can just let the game sit stagnant. And you know, it's just a fear right now. We have nothing to base that on, and we're really just gonna have to see it firsthand when it happens. Mm-hmm. Without I- a doubt. Um, hold on a second. Uh, Q2, you want a uh, little Jawa juice, please? Take, really? <sighs> Great. Now he's getting oil all over the place. <laughs> you had to ask him for something, didn't you, Evarlin? Thank you. I told right. you he's still missing a wheel. <laughs> <laughs> he's not getting it back on done with my blue milk and don't need a coaster anymore. You guys want some Jawa juice, a little blue milk while we're hanging out? Mm. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. What is Come Jawa on. juice? You don't um, want to know. You don't want to know. Just drink it. Just enjoy it. I had some on a diner once, and it was wonderful. And uh, I got the food replicators to uh, to make it. So I don't even know what's in there. All I know is that I like it. <laughs> Thank you, Q2. Thank you. <laughs> All right. So uh, with that, with that in in hand, um, let's talk a little bit about a little bit about our weekend game, and. Um, I'd like to uh, to start off by saying that my weekend game has been amazing. Oh yeah, that just happened. You're a part of it. <laughs> All right, Jesus. Really terrible. Got <laughs> Bodar yelling at me. <laughs> um, hard mode flashpoints. That's like what I've been doing all week, and it's been great. I'm so excited and stoked that I've been. In there, tanking these hard mode uh, flashpoints, and I've been going crazy, totally crazy. Did the Eslis, Battle of Ilum, Kaon Under Siege, Lost Island, which, by the way, um, have you guys done Lost Island at all? Nope. Or, no? For uh, Lou? Lou? Nope, not yet. Lou, 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 Working Lou, on it, though. Lou, Lou, Lou. <laughs> um, Dr. Lork fight at the very end. Amazing! <laughs> it's such a great fight. It's there's a lot going on. It's exciting. It's it's interesting. It's fun. I loved it. Doctor Lark fight at the end of Lost Island. 
great fight. I had such a blast. I think of those flashpoints that I've done, that was the most, that was the most epic moment. Eh, maybe not epic, but just definitely like the, the most fun that I had doing all of those, all of those flashpoints. Um, also did Maelstrom Prison. And, uh, for those of you out there that haven't done Maelstrom Prison, okay, huge spoiler. Huge spoiler. So skip the podcast ahead a couple of seconds and we're gonna, we're gonna go. Okay. So skip ahead now. Revan, oh my God. <laughs> Finding Revan in Maelstrom Prison was epic. Epically epic. More than epically epic. It was epically epic to the 10th degree epic. <laughs> Couldn't believe it that he was the Jedi prisoner. And uh, additionally, fighting, uh, finally fighting Grand Moff Viking. That was like, mm, I wanted it ever since Esselus, man. I just wanted to give that guy really like a like a bop right in the right in the teeth. And oh, I forgot to fight him. It was great. I was so excited when I downed him. Wasn't that Grand Moff Kilrin? That guy. <laughs> <laughs> now Vikings in the movies. I was like, who is Grandma Vikin? Vikin, Kilrin, it's all the same dude. Kilrin, Kilrin, I meant Kilrin, yeah. Grandma Kilrin. Oh, so great. He's such an obnoxious... Oh, I hate him. You know, though, Ivarwin, I'm so glad that you're enjoying this, because eventually when I get my console R250, now my good friend Ivarwin will be able to run me through things and get me some gear. Yeah, oh, without a <laughs> doubt. Yeah, 100%. 100%. <laughs> Without a doubt, I'm like I'm really looking forward to that. Actually, what's um how's your how's your consular doing? I'm still in the late 20s. I think I'm 28 right now. Yeah, I've been trying to play him with my girlfriend Smuggler, and she's been working crazy hours this week, so I've mostly been doing PvP on him again. Okay. Okay. Uh, you know what this this brings up this is actually another thing that we wanted to talk about, um because. I wanted to say that I would I would love to go and give you a hand with your 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 low level consular, and that brings to mind thoughts of the mentoring system that's in Rift and um, also is EverQuest Two, correct? Yes. Yeah. EverQuest Two actually pioneered that. Wouldn't it be great if if uh, Tor had this mentoring system? And this goes directly to a point that uh, Lou wanted to, to bring up earlier today, which is um, this idea of, of not enough being in the game or, or things already, like Lou, I think you could probably describe this better than me at this point because <laughs> <laughs> my head's going like a million miles a minute There's, there was this thing on, you saw on the forums, right, about not enough being in the game and people like saying that there isn't enough in there and they wish there was more and then there was the other side of the arguments which was the, there is enough in the game and I'm having fun with it why don't, right. you, why yeah, don't you talk a little bit about around it that, you know, there's people complaining that or actually one poster just put an honest question out there in one of people's opinions like do mm-hmm. you think there's enough content in the game yeah and right now it looks like it's a proverbial can of worms where people say oh there's not enough and there are people saying there's enough well, no, I mean, because no <laughs> there is, well, no, because there is and there isn't. That's, that's the thing. Um, but I want to, I want to get, now that we're on this, I want to ask you, like, do you think, do you think there, there is enough 
do you think there's not enough? And if the answer is yes and no, then then elaborate. Like, please describe like what's not in the game, and, and or what is in the game that you're into. Right. right. Well, I, first I'd like to divide that question into a couple of parts, mm-hmm. you know, or just divide that that statement into a couple of pieces. All right. Now it all depends upon the context of what you're looking at. I mean, for a lot of players, okay, a lot of people focus on the end game. And a lot of the griping is saying there's not enough to do at end game. Because the end game, it's pretty much assumed that, yeah, you finished your class story. You finished all the planetary side quests. All right. You've pretty much, uh, run through the flashpoints at least once, you know, and now are running them through hard mode or, okay, or nightmare mode and so forth. Mm-hmm. But then after that, you know, what else is there to do? You know, you do your dailies. Okay. You do the weeklies that are available to you. And then that's it. You, you wait. What you only do an operation once a week, okay? Yeah. Or spread them out like you only do, you know, Karaga's Palace one night. The next night you do EV. The next night you're gonna now you're gonna do Terra from Beyond. Mm-hmm. All right, so that's three nights. Now you gotta wait an entire week for them to come up again. And the biggest problem people find is, you know, what what to do then, you know, other yeah. than dailies, <laughs> okay? And then farming the flashpoints. Right. All right. You know, so that's one context to look at. And then mm-hmm. the other context is, you know, one to forty nine. Right for that, there's plenty to do. There's a lot of stuff to do. Okay, um, if you if you choose to skip the planetary quest, all right, nothing, no one could do for you. I mean, that's con- that's there. If you choose to focus on your class story or do just enough to to level to get off that planet, well, all right, maybe there is enough for you. Okay, or to satisfy your play style. Yeah. Um, because the biggest thing I think uh is a term uh, uh, i'm sorry a term that was coined that i saw there it is uh the contest locust <laughs> Con- all right <laughs> yeah, i love this i love this term by the way fred you got to hear this L- listen to how how lou describes this because this is this is absolutely like this is perfect what this guy was posting it's p- absolutely perfect right yeah now the now the content locust all right this is describing players all right through their play style all right and again this is just, you know, through no fault, no one's fault. All right. Maybe it's their play style. If they have the time or if they have the means, all right, they can proverbially, verbally tear through a game's content within a matter of days, a matter of weeks, or even a couple of months. Right. These are the guys that are, that are reaching end game within, within two weeks and are ready for raiding. They chew through the raid, um, in, in like a month to a month and a half. And then, you know, by the time, the, you know the game has just launched. It's a it's a month and a half close to, to being out for two months, and then pe- and these are this is the person saying, "I've done all your game content already, and uh, I'm looking for more. Where's my updates?" Meanwhile, most of exactly. us still aren't even like we're not even at end level yet. Right. I mean, if Arwen and I, you know, personally have no know a few players who we don't speak to anymore, who literally did just that. <laughs> who them again? <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I have to, and. You know, they're a perfect example. All right, no, no hate, but I'm just using them as an example. They literally tore through yeah. Tor's content. They had, you know, early access like Irvara and I did, 13 December 2011. And no crap, by the beginning of January, they were they were ready to start. Yeah. Okay, and it demolished all the operations. Okay, all the hard mode nightmare flashpoints by the end of January. Yeah. These are the old guildies from our, our old Rift Guild, you know, almost was it, a year and a half ago at this point. Yeah, because, you know, they had yeah. the time and their play style. Yeah, they're hardcore. They they knew exactly what to do. Mm-hmm. Right. They If they mess up in a fight, they were very analytical. All right. What do we do wrong? How do we do this? How do you fix it? Fine. Yeah. 
went back in there five, ten minutes later, and they, you know, they finished it. Chewed right through it. it, and they chewed right through it. <clears throat> All right, I'd like to weigh in on this. Okay, uh, I think, I think, I think you're right, Lou. I think leveling. I think there's enough combat stuff in the game. I had, um, Fred. I had this weird moment last night. I go to log in, right, and um, I wanted to do a couple more, uh, a couple more hard mode flashpoints because I'm trying to get my uh, my Aratak ice mount. Which, by the okay. way, I'm uh, I'm close to. I think I only have like one more to go before I get it. Ice, yeah, ice. Oh, totally, <laughs> totally excited about that. Um, and I'm thinking to myself, like, I would like to do a hard mode right now, but you know. I don't know. Do I want to? Do, I was kind of like oscillating. Like, do I want to do it? Do I want to do something else? And I thought to myself, wouldn't it be great if there was if there was something in here that's not like combat related? Everything in the game is is combat related. You know, you can either you're leveling up by doing questing, you're in combat constantly, or you're doing flashpoints combat, or uh, if you if you get bored of leveling and doing uh, flashpoints, there's the space game combat. Um, you finally get yourself up to 50. You can PvP, combat with another dude, <laughs> or gal, <laughs> <laughs> or start uh, doing dailies, questing, combat. Um, hard mode flashpoints, which you get that done. More combat. Raiding. Operations. Right? Again, combat. Everything you're doing involves an intense situation where you're you're searching for the the next skill to click on it, which is great. That's the way this game should be built. But there comes a point when you want to say, "I'd like to be in game, but not necessarily in that sort of you know uh, situation." Maybe I just want to like relax inside the game a little bit. Um, Fred, I mean, do you know like what I'm talking about? I mean, am I out of my mind here? Do you think like that's that's something that there could be a system in the game that's not necessarily combat related that that could do well in game? Well, I had a similar thought earlier because I had picked up on a Steam sale recently the original Witcher game, and okay. they have a mini game in there hmm. where you actually play with the NPCs. It's you play poker, but See, you play it with dice. That's exactly what Lou and I were talking about. We, we were talking off-air a little bit, and we were thinking, like, wouldn't it be great if there was something like Pazak, you know, in the game, where you can just, you know, sit at a table at the cantina on the fleet with a couple of other uh, players and just, you know, throw some cards down. Or um, pot yeah, racing. Exactly. What about pot racing? Wouldn't that be cool? It, it, well, that'd be kind of rough considering you know people on different uh, different connection speeds might not be too fair. Mm. Well, you, you can yeah, make the pod that. racers automatically go at the same speed, but put a lot of obstacles that they need to navigate around. True, or just make it where players just bet on you know NPC pod racers. That way, it's just you know whatever in whatever the computer decides. All right, you know there are five racers, five different colors. The red one wins this race. Yeah, you could do something you know, like that. Yeah, that, that would work. But yeah, I mean, we were talking about talking about this small. Not necessarily, well, you know, maybe movements are like sandbox elements or more quality of life stuff to do outside of combat. Because, yes, we know it's Star Wars. We know it's the Republic. This is, you know, the war has reignited between the Republic and the Empire. But yet, you know, even in the movies and in the books, they're not fighting all the time. Okay, they're doing other things to involve the characters. Okay, whether it's, you know, uh, my gosh, I'm trying to remember that one novel, uh, one. Expanded universe, you know, where 
uh, R2 reveals, okay, a lot of the hollow recordings that he, you know, he, he has of Anakin, okay? I can't remember the name of that book, but it, it, he finally reveals to, I think, to Luke and to Leia, okay, all the recordings he's had. Because remember, folks, you know, R2's never been shut down. He's never, his memory has never been erased. Okay. Okay, from the time he was created. Right. Until, you know, when Anakin has him, okay, when Padme has him, all the way to when, you know, he finally meets up with Luke and with Leia, he has never been shut down. Right. So he has all that recorded, and he starts showing them, you know, this is Anakin as a Jedi Knight. Okay, this is Ben Kenobi as a young Jedi Knight, as a master. Okay? okay. You know, and all, like, the, the, the play and all the feelings that they have from that. But, yeah, this is something uh, that we need. You know, Pazak would be great. Pod racing. Um, and, you know, Fred may maybe back me up on this. In Galaxy, there were other gambling games in the Star Wars universe that that game had. Okay, Star Wars version of Roulette. Okay, Star Wars version of, uh, of you know, Holochess. Yeah. Oh, that'd be okay. great too. I mean, Fred, do you think Holochess has has a uh, has a place in this game? Do you think there would be players interested in Holochess? Well, definitely. It would basically be like a Pogo Games or Yahoo game service inside of Swotor. Yeah. And I mean, I could say personally, you know, the game I've been playing the most is Swotor. So when I hopped into The Witcher for the first time and they showed me this poker game with dice, I sat there for about three hours just playing that. Yeah. And you're, you're thinking to yourself, like, how come Tor doesn't have a system like this? Exactly. And if yeah. Tor does it, they need to make it where you can actually earn in-game money by playing it. So you can basically just decide, okay, today I'm not going to do my dailies. I'm just going to play Pazak and earn all my money that way. Yeah. Right. Just like in the Knights of Republic games, KOTOR 1 and KOTOR 2, you could play NPCs for money, for in-game credits so that you, can, you know you could buy stuff from the vendors. Um, just just real quick, I want to throw in <clears throat> also I think an achievement system would, would make players um, feel really, really comfortable in-game as well. Um, having an achievement system. Uh, things like Shinies as well, which you see in EverQuest 2 and Rift as well. Those little, those little uh, shiny uh, things on the ground you run up to, and they occur randomly. You pick them up, part of a collection. You collect something, get like an in-game pet or whatever. If you actually get the whole thing. Well, I don't know if the vision has changed, but they've said no to both of those things on the forums in the past because they believe that would be taking it too close to a grind. They don't want people grinding for achievements or grinding for shinies. Yeah, I, I see. I can understand that, but that's that's a welcome grind. You know, that's not that's not grinding reputation like like you do in other MMOs. That's that's as you're questing, you see something on the ground, you pick it up, and it happens to be you know one step closer to um you know to that collection that you were looking for. I mean, you know, I mean, that's not really you know? right. It's not necessary. Though. That's the thing. That's the big yeah. thing about these 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 I guess quality of life things we're asking for, or we're suggesting the fact that they're all optional. It's not necessary to play the game, but it's there if you need it. You know, like the achievement system. Like I know when I used to play Rift, I know I personally enjoy doing the dungeon runs where it's timed. I mean, you know, we had to defeat this entire dungeon in less than 15 minutes. You know, oh, trash yeah, and bosses great. included. That was ridiculously fun. Yeah, you know, something like that. You get that you, yeah, you know, you get 10 points to your character for that. For defeat, you know, that's it may be small, but you know what? That's a, a great potential. Yeah, we can do it. Yeah. <laughs> And so on on that end, I agree with the idea that there isn't enough in the game, but on the content side of it, you know, like there's 
I, I kind of feel like there is enough. You know, there's enough flashpoints right now to keep me busy. There's enough quests to keep me busy. Um, you know, raiding, uh, operations, you know, right now for me, uh, there's, there's enough, you know, they, they've got a couple of different ones in there and they have a couple of different modes as well in which you can, you can engage those, those operations. Fred, I'll give you the last word on this and then we'll, we'll start moving on to, uh, a little more of that in-game chatter. Well, I think that there's plenty of content right now. I have one of every class that can use a lightsaber so far. I have plans to make a second of all those classes. And there's two classes in the game that I haven't even made or touched at all yet, being a bounty hunter and a smuggler. Mm -hmm. But, you know, eventually I want to make those classes, but I can't see that in the foreseeable future because I have so much I want to do with my force users still. Yeah. And I, I still feel I still feel the exact same thing after after playing this game before it even went live. You know, I, I'm still not. 100% where where my tank, my character, my main character needs to be. I don't know if you guys know this, but I created my main character before the game went live. And uh, I was one of the first to actually get in on the game. And, you know, I'm still I'm, right now I'm doing hard modes right now and I'm I'm getting I'm getting I'm gearing up. I just I just now got my first piece of Kalamai gear. I play these games relatively slowly. So, which I'm excited about, by the way. I'm really, uh, I got up to uh, 20k hit points. <laughs> so, thank you. Congrats. Here. Thank you. Thank you. It's, uh, I'm, I'm really excited about my tanking ability at the moment. Um, all right. Enough of me, and I guess enough of that. Lou, wanted to, um, why don't you tell me a little bit about what's going on with you this week? How's your game been? It's been fun. Hop back on my Sentinel. Cool. Because, you know, I, you know, you know, I keep saying this all the time because I do love it. So, I mean, I love dual wielding in the Star Wars games, <laughs> from Jedi Academy, you know, to any any Star Wars game. Lots of dual wield lightsabers is just awesome sauce for me. Oh yeah, yeah it's BA. Okay, yeah. I mean, it just looks great. I, I love that feeling. I love the effects. Okay, it, it's no small coincidence that my first fifty was a Marauder, a Sith Marauder. Okay. And now I'm working on my Jedi Sentinel. You know, the dual wielder for the Republic. <laughs> for the Jedi. <laughs> okay. You know, I, I'm just trying to... Uh, right now I'm just finishing up... Uh, not finishing up, but almost halfway through the storyline. Uh, my Jedi Knight on Alderaan. Before I get blown up, folks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> in case you didn't know, it gets blown up 4,000 years in the future. Um, <laughs> no! <laughs> no, say it's so. Yes. Tantooine. Yes, Run Tantooine! Yeah. You know, they make a brief mention of that in that radio uh, drama that I was talking about last week. Yeah. Where Leia's actually speaking to her father, and he's talking about how they can't afford to get Alderaan involved in a galactic war because it'll be the undoing of Alderaan if they take any advances to help the <laughs> rebels. Yeah. Boy, was he prophetic. Yeah, really. <laughs> Nailed that one. <laughs> <laughs> Sir, you are so right. So right. <laughs> you are 100% correct. <laughs> but you wish you listened to Daddy now, Leah, don't you? <laughs> you diplomatic mission to Alderaan. We know, Q2. Danger, danger. We know, we know. <laughs> but, oh, that felt good. Gross. Yeah, but I, I loved, you know, I, I, I like the storyline. I don't know where people in the forum say the Jedi Knight story is kind of blah. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know about that either. I, 
I had I a great time. I, mean, with I understand it. they're expressing their opinions, but my opinion, I like the storyline. Yeah, exactly. It's you know, it was phenomenal. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, there there are times when you know, Ron and I are you know on Skype during our play time, our play sessions, and uh, yeah, play time. Like, what are you fucking five years old? But <laughs> <laughs> you know, mommy and dad let us play together. Yay, Patty! <laughs> <Patty. laughs> Everyone had a play date. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and. You know, there are times when we, when we, you know, when he was loving his character, or I'm playing my my Sentinel. It's just like you get that heroic feeling playing the Jedi Knight class, right? Just because of the missions you're given, okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and, and just the sheer feeling, you know, of the adrenaline rush of yeah, you've got to go out there and save someone or save something. Yes, absolutely. Or bad things will happen. And it's always like it, it always gets to that point where everything is just so desperate and they need one savior to go out there and just save the galaxy and it, and you're the guy and you're it. And then it always just culminates in just the perfect scene at the very end when you're victorious. I love it. Yeah, you're, you know, you're just that one twig that's going to be just enough to stop the flood yeah. from happening. I'm you know, getting and I that, love that same vibe from the consular too. I think that's just something they programmed into both the Jedi stories. Well, it's very appropriate in 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 the Jedi story. Um, just just as if you know the the stories in uh, in the, on the Sith side are are rife with you know uh, pain and distraught. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. You took the words out of pain my mouth. And I mean, suffering. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that's that's appropriate over there. It needs to be that way. And um, just yeah. like the stories on the Sith side are rife with something, something dark side. <laughs> Right. Like, for example, when, you know, going through my storyline in Alderaan with the knight, okay, and hearing about that super weapon, one of the super weapons I'm going after, all right, the death mark, and actually seeing in action during my cutscene, I was totally taken like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> the guy I was just talking, he just got zapped in the head. Yeah, that's, that's right. At, <laughs> yeah, I, yep. <laughs> I literally was shocked in my speaker. All right, cool. I'm watching the cutscene, watch the cutscene, like, all right, man. Wait for a response. See what pops up. Also, boom. What? What? What the hell? <laughs> Where'd he go? What? <laughs> what? He's a smoking corpse on the floor. What, dude? And it happens at the at the at this the absolute perfect moment too. It it really does. Right, and that I give kudos to Bioware for the writers for that. Like just getting that scene built up so perfectly. Yeah. You know, and just seeing so you're talking to Zap like that. Did you? Did you get? Uh, did you get to the end of that one particular uh, quest there? Where no, still actually working on it? You still, you're <laughs> right still working now. on still it. Working on the death mark. Did you at least get the uh, the the title there? It's not, I don't think it's really an in-game title, but when you're um, I I don't want to spoil it if you haven't done it already. It's with House Eld though. Yes, yes, I did get it. <laughs> you did. Yes, I did get it. However, like you know, I lament the fact that you can't really display it as an in-game title for your character. Okay. You know, I mean, you did earn it. You, you did do a lot of stuff for it. And I feel that, yeah, that's something you should be able to wear. Yeah, I mean, you. On your, I mean, on go your ahead. Tell, tell us, tell us about that because it's it's uh, it's it's awesome. Right. I mean, when you help save House Alden, okay, when you help them as, as part of the, I guess, the first part of the story quest. For the night all Alderaan, on, you know, your title, you're giving it, giving a title of Paladin mm-hmm. of House Alder, you know, and that's something I think would be great. It fits the fact that you know it belongs to a knight. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay, and whether or not, yeah, all right, maybe not as a, a prefix title, maybe as a suffix title, where you could have just your your character's name and you know, paladin of house, all that would be cool. Yeah, I, I I would I would absolutely love that. That'd be great. You know, it's a little detail. I think we give people, you know, the cool shirts. Like, yeah, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's me. Go ahead, Fred. What do, you, what do you got? I know Fred's like chomping at the bed. He's got something for us. <laughs> You guys are aware that, like, after this episode, we've officially spoiled about 80% of the Jedi Knight story, right? (laughs) (laughs) Ah, the hell with it. (laughs) We've covered Act 1 and Act 3 in full detail. (laughs) Oh, thank you. Thank you, kids. You can figure that middle nonsense out for yourself. (laughs) Yeah, 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 middle chapter, yeah, you can read that yourself. We're giving the Cliff Notes version of the Jedi <laughs> story right now, just in case you were wondering. <laughs> something, something, light side. Something, something. Yeah, if, um, by the way, if the, the Jawa juice isn't cold enough, because this friggin' droid took, you know, a year and a day to get back to us with it, uh, just let me know and I'll, I'll photo chill it. <laughs> the um, poor droid has two of three wheels, and you expect him to get back here that quickly. Yeah, a little bit. Don't give me that. <laughs> you, you give it to Bordar to, you know, help cool it off. It might come back like, what you hearing it? I don't... Yeah, I don't find it very appealing in my drink. Sorry. <laughs> Just saying. Just uh, saying. Maybe I'll get off my fat Jedi butt and go back there and do it. <laughs> we could uncarbonate Brunmark and let him do it. No, he stays in there. <laughs> He's buried in the woods. Sorry. Um, Fred, let's let's segue over to you for a second, Fred, and uh, tell us a little bit about, about what's going on with you. I see you got some uh, some PvP notes in here. Oh yeah, it's pretty much gonna be like it was for you a couple weeks ago, where you're like, "Yep." So what I did all week, daily, <laughs> kill people. Oh, like, <laughs> for me, it's just gonna be PvP. Dailies, dailies, dailies. dailies. Uh, I, I I did approximately 15 war zones or so on my Jedi Consular. Wow. My girlfriend and I we were getting on after she would get home from work, and we were doing about two to three of them a night. Hasn't really been that exciting. Been, you know, doing the long hours at work and stuff, so I haven't been able to get in as much as I wanted to. Well, what, but, what's, uh, what's your Valor level at? 28. It can only get up wow. to your actual character level. Wow. That's, um, eight levels more since we last spoke? Something like that? Because I think, uh, last show, right, Lou? I think you left, left this off last show. It was like level 20, something around there. Yeah, yeah, I think, I think so. Yeah, congratulations, Fred. That's that's awesome. Oh, thank you. I'm still having a little bit of lag though since the 1.4 patch. I know that they put out that patch that fixed a lot of it, but I'm still noticing like this slight little bit of lag. Like I'll be running and I'll just warp back like two or three steps. Hmm. Okay. That's a little. Do you now, think I'm it- gonna say a certain. Somebody that's not me or you in this call, Evarwin, said that they were going to help me with my settings. Uh oh. Yeah, whatever that was. That, that, that person's a real jerk. <laughs> I mean, Fred, do you think it's do you think it's the SLI thing? I mean, uh, you don't run SLI, do you? I have no idea. Okay. <laughs> that probably means you do not, because <laughs> I, I believe that's an intentional thing. Yeah, um, I just think it means that guy's job is to be that much harder. I mean, I'm thinking if he ever gets around to doing it, you exactly, mean? it's gonna be that much harder. See that rock? You gotta jump over. It oh, just got bigger. Before I forget, happy birthday, Varwin. Yes, happy birthday, to the Jedi Master. 
Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes, uh, today is my birthday. I'm officially 32 years old as of as of 4:35 in the morning, to be specific. Um, it's also the uh, the official day, uh, the one year anniversary of the Quest Gaming Network. Uh, today, Joe and myself and um, Mike Forney sat down and recorded the first episode of the Quest podcast titled "One Fat Link," and uh, you'll hear all about it on um, on our one year anniversary episode, which uh, was on Elder Scrolls Off the Record this week. And uh, thank you very much. Everyone on on Twitter was uh, very kind and and said uh, happy birthday to me. And um, Jenny was absolutely wonderful. She called me earlier today and uh, en route to to seeing some uh, some of her patients. And uh, she when she had the minute, she went on Twitter and she kept saying you know happy birthday. And she was she was quite affectionate. But the the best thing that she did today was <laughs> she sent. I don't know if the two of you saw this. She sent a picture. She put a picture over Twitter of of her and I. This was taken two years ago. It was a picture of us taken two years ago at a wedding. A friend a friend of hers got married, and uh, <laughs> she put on it. Um, you know, Ermagerd of Ruin and Aurora. Q two electrocute him. He's getting too emotional. <laughs> So uh that I saw it it was absolutely hysterical and um I I literally uh LOL'd all over my pants. It was hysterical. So I don't know if I can actually say that. I probably shouldn't have said that. Yeah. Just <laughs> wait till Q two gets over there in about twenty minutes. You're gonna be electrocuted so hard. <laughs> in fact, I'm gonna kick him, help him get over there. <laughs> so um yeah, thank you very much. Thank you for the for the birthday wishes. Um, tanking, tanking on your uh, your bounty hunter, uh, Lou. What's how how oh. has that been, by the way? Just just to round this whole thing off, I want to ask you about that. Yeah, like I mentioned before with tanking. You know, I, I like it on my my uh, a trooper, my vanguard. Mm-hmm. It's fun, and, and tanking now on my power tech. You know, I find it fun. You know, being a range or you know a range weapon tank. You know, it's just so different from what we're so used to in other MMOs. You know, especially the fantasy MMOs, where it's a sword and board type tank. Yeah, very okay, rarely do you have, have the range. You got a pistol or a rifle in someone's face. <laughs> yeah, very rarely do you have a tank that that does this at range with a gun. It, it never really happens much in an MMO. Exactly. You know, and you know, I was on a roll <laughs> with my bounty hunter. I, I actually ran at this amateur station quite a few times. And I must say, though, I had a lot of fun. However, the random loot generator just hates my character. Because uh, I didn't get a single thing. Nothing? Not that I'm looking for that, but it would have been nice to at least get one item I could use of my character during all these runs, but I didn't get Jack. Jeez. Yeah. No, yeah, so I felt kind of bad. I'm like, hmm. You know, I, I didn't think it warranted a bug report because, you know, I, I, if I get something, I, that's great. If not, okay, you know what? I got XP. <laughs> I got credits. Yeah. All right, I had fun doing it because I love doing those two flashpoints, especially at that level. You know, it's just so much fun. You know, I can't wait to get my bounty hunter up, you know, to max and run those again on hard mode and nightmare mode. Hmm. You know, just to, you know, pistol slap someone again. (laughs) (laughs) I'm back. Here's some more. Here's a gun in the face. In your (laughs) face. (laughs) You know, and like I said, you know, I had a lot of fun doing those and. No, 
again, I've been lucky. The groups I've been getting have been a lot of fun, very easygoing. Okay, people actually talk in the group chat <laughs> and doing stuff rather than just people just you know running through it automatically. Like you know, they, you know, they've been to the flashpoint. Yeah, that sounds horrible. Okay. Why would yeah, you want it, people to speak to you? <laughs> Jeez, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I know it's called a massively multi <laughs> multiplayer. <laughs> Online Typically, game. when they start speaking is when I start clenching my fingers together, and then they start gasping for air. Oh, <laughs> shut up, Bodar! You'll get it again. Corey, you say that, but then you know if that hadn't happened, some random group I ran one day in Rift. <laughs> That's very true. That's very true. That's how Lou and I, I met. Would have never have met you. Know. Indeed. You know, so people who I still talk to today, oh hell, he's literally on Skype with me right now <laughs> in this network. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. And uh, I mean, Fred, you have anything else regarding regarding the week? Just to uh, just so we we finish this off uh, appropriately. I found Q two. You did. You you found Q two, <laughs> and I'm sure. I'm sure his stint in uh, in the bathroom was was quite alarming for him. So. Yeah, it wasn't my fault. He looked a lot like the toilet at the time. <laughs> we hosed him out. Put your infernal beeping. <laughs> so, all right, and and Lou, what about you? Anything else? Well, oh, um, spoke to a friend of mine. I made contact with her uh, actually about a week or so ago. Yeah, maybe. And. You know, and if you anyone out there see, you know follows me on Twitter, you'll see that my background image is of, of a female Jedi Knight. Okay, and that's actually a a render I got from the same uh, a person I know. Oh, the yeah, the artist from um, that does the stuff with Deviant Art. Mm-hmm. Okay. And right now, I know she's also playing Tor. I mean, she, you know, she was into, you know she loves Star Wars too. I mean, she was heavily. Into galaxies, and now that you know Tor came out, she's been playing that to death, mm-hmm. loving that. Wow! And you know she's done char- you know renders of her own characters in yeah. the game, you know? and she's also she likes to RP. I mean, she actually writes little little stories about her characters as part of her journal there. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I've been asking, meaning to ask her, you know, to actually do commissions for me once more, but this time with the Old Republic universe and with my characters. Okay. You know, and it, it usually tells me just sending her screenshots of the characters I want her to draw for me, you know, mm-hmm. different angles and the type of gear that I'd like to see them in. Nice. Okay. So, yeah. So you're gonna get some that. new. new uh, you're gonna get some new art from your friend. Yes. Hopefully. Well. Cool. Since she is very popular and in demand, probably in a few weeks. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be a while. <laughs> right. With the stuff that she, you know, that she does, and you see, if anyone's seen that photo, my background photo, you know, it's worth the wait. Cool. All right, and uh, sounds like we're actually getting close to uh, to Endor. Um, we are going to uh, break for the Jedi Archives, and uh, so stick with us. All right, Jedi Archives is coming up next. We don't break for Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> Give it the gas. With <laughs> <Get> the gas. <laughs> so gas in a starship. <laughs> All right. All right, guys. Finish up your Jawa juice. We got some uh, archives to get into. Fred, put that down. Put that down, Fred. (laughs) (laughs) Jedi Archives coming up next, guys. (laughs) 
I think it would be wise if you took advantage of my knowledge of this. Alright guys, welcome back. Lou, what have you got for us this week in the archives? Alright, this week we're going to cover the Death Mark Weapon. Ooh. Good intentions twisted into nefarious use. And yes, it's connected to my Jedi Knight, my Jedi Sentinel storyline, because <clears throat> I'm doing it right now. <laughs> so there are the world theory motives for this topic. I see that, I see that. I'm becoming fearful that you may be turning toward the light, Lou. Oh no, no, it's the cycle. You know, darkness, light, then back to darkness. It's you great. tell him Q2. You tell that SOB Q2. <laughs> Don't even think about it, Lou. You, you tell that droid. I'll I... strike you down if I even suspect your light side. I've got the restraining bolt right here, droid. Don't you worry. It's got your thrill. Oh, Bodar. <laughs> Q2 doesn't even have the parts for the restraining bolt to work. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. <laughs> Q2, settle down. Bodar, relax yourself, okay? <laughs> so, Deathmark. Deathmark weapon, correct? Yes, the Deathmark weapon. Very it was good. a top-secret weapon prototype, <laughs> which was developed by the Galactic Republic by the time of the Cold War, which is roughly between... In the 60s? 653 to 3664, before the Battle of Yavin. It was in the 60s. <laughs> the 3000s somewhat somewhat around there essentially the death mark was an orbital satellite weapons platform that could fire incredibly accurate energy strikes at marked targets okay it was originally created as a means of ending the Alderaan civil war in a quick and relatively painless fashion and with minimal loss of life okay as I mentioned before it was an orbital platform okay it fired beams of super concentrated energy at a specific individual, okay? Not targets, this was meant for individuals, so living beings, okay? And this fatal beam was able to penetrate any structure or shield, making escape or protection impossible. Now, in order to get this thing to work, the weapon targeted individuals with the use of a special targeting device, which marked targets with a microscopic tag. And this targeting mechanism is only effective at extremely close range, which meant that an operative needed to get within at least 20 meters of an intended target in order to use it. This mark was virtually undetectable, and marked individuals could be tracked indefinitely. So once you were tagged, that was it. You were forever a target. Mm-hmm. All right, and as I mentioned previously, this weapon was intended for use in ending the Alderaan Civil War, as there were lives of hundreds of soldiers and civilians you know, on that planet. So they thought, you know what? Let's try and do this quickly, painlessly, and surgically. So they targeted, they wanted to target key enemy leaders, okay? And such a tactic, you know, has its merits, because then it would lead to the elimination without the use of armies or bringing about the risk of collateral damage, which, yes, happens in war. However, in the wrong hands, the death mark was equally capable of being used as a weapon of terror and rain down murder from the sky on selected targets, which is exactly what happens you know, on Alderaan. So, be prepared for it, folks. <laughs> Shock to me when I first saw it in action. <laughs> Alright, and it's especially targeted by the fact that it is a Sith apprentice named uh, Neferid that takes over the weapon from the Republic. Now, as I mentioned before, 
Now, the Republic decided to create this weapon, and they based the project, I mean, the Housley scientists, the core development team, and so forth, on Alderaan, okay? which happened to be in the middle of a civil war over which house would rule, you know, would take over the throne and rule as a planetary government. And yes, the Republic based it there because they wanted to use that, that weapon to end this war quickly and without having to commit troops and lives to this cause. However, in 3641, for the Battle of Yavin, an unknown Jedi Knight... Yeah, that's you, by the way. <laughs> we played the story. That was me? That's, that was you. And me. <laughs> and me. Killed Tarnus, the son of a Sith Lord named Darth Angrel. Now, Tarnus was also the creator and inventive force behind the super weapon. Who was a wimp, with a bunch by of the super way. Weapons. What's that? Who was a wimp, by the way. Yeah. Tarnus. He went down like a prom just on a Friday night. Oh! <laughs> How do you like that, Sith Lord Angrel? <laughs> now, this angered his father and drove Lord Angrel to seize control of several super weapons <laughs> from the Republic, including some other notable worthies are the Shock Drum, the Power Guard Project, and the Planet Prison. You know, this is really sick weapons the Republic's developing. <laughs> yeah, really. You know, which is why when I, you know, I love the storyline, the fact that, you know, you see no side is purely white, no side, you know, is purely evil in, in this well, matter. I, I just really liked that the Republic tried to build this Deathmark laser weapon to end the Civil War, and then it took thousands of years later for the Sith to come along and invent the Death Star to finally put an end to that Civil War. <laughs> oh, we just put an end to Alderaan permanently. <laughs> We were doing the galaxy a favor by ending that civil war once and for all. And any potential civil wars from ever happening again on this planet. Yes. So, as I mentioned before, Lord Angrel sent one of his apprentices, Lord Neferid, to Alderaan, and this apprentice seized control of the Death Mark. They went over to the facility in the Mensoth Laboratory grounds in the Alsac and Lowlands and possessed the weapon. However... Your, your master, Jedi Master Orgus Din, all right, arrived, drove back to Sith attackers. Yes, I know, I know. Here, forcing Neverett to summon the insectoid native Killix as reinforcements. There's also an Imperial spy named Elena Hark, who escaped the facility and traveled to the Organa Palace, where she met with a project's benefactor, Count Alda. And lo and behold, spoiler alert, you get to see the death mark in action. Now we give a spoiler alert. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Massive spoiler. <now. laughs> I know, five minutes later. But, you know, if you hadn't heard our gameplay earlier on, you already know what happened to the death mark. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. If you haven't and, heard our show before, you already know how the Jedi Knight story goes. <laughs> yes, this is true. <laughs> There's nothing new right now. But we like to say it anyway, just in case. Indeed. Spoilers, right. spoilers. And that's Jedi. That's you again. Storm Neferid's base in the Gladys Valley. Eliminating all Imperial forces there. And the same Lord Neferid attacks the Jedi and tries to use the Death Mark as the weapon during this fight. However, in the ensuing battle, the Knight and the Knight's companion manage to defeat the Sith and use the Death Mark's targeting computer to destroy the computer itself. Rendering the satellite useless in orbit. 
and foiling the Empire's plans and placing an Imperial puppet in the Core World's government. And that's the Death Mark in a nutshell. Hopefully you all enjoy it. Yes, Fred. Uh, so you're, I, you're good, I, but, I, I, but Lou, uh, you're, that was awesome, and thank you. <laughs> well, well, thank you. I had a question pop into my head from Lou's lore segment now. Because you both played the Jedi characters now, mm-hmm. correct? Yes. Both of them? Yes. Did you guys get the feeling, too, that there really wasn't a whole lot of interaction between master and student? But like, as a Padawan, maybe you should have undergone some of the Jedi trials before things went all chaotic, and then you had to save the world? Well, they they talk about that. And um, I don't know if... I can't remember if it's both, but I do know for sure that one of them does bring up the fact that um, you haven't gone through the Jedi trials as they're intended. And um, as a result, they kind of view your... the. The council views your time on Tython as as the trials that you were supposed to un- endure. Um, endure. <laughs> endure. <laughs> endure. Thank you. Endure. Um, I don't know if that's the consular or the knight or both. I, I, I think, think that's. I, I, I think I'm trying to remember. Correctly. I think that's part of the knight storyline because I know mm-hmm. when you look at the the opening awesome, you know, uh, crawl text. At the beginning of every Star Wars movie, just like in your story here in, in Tor, right? Uh, remember, your character—if you're starting Jedi Knight—you're actually going to Tython because you're set. You know, you're ready to take the trials. The Council or, or the the uh, the Jedi training camp that you were part of before you came to Tython, the Jedi there think you're ready to take the trials, and that's yeah. why your character is sent to Tython. Yeah, you're there to actually take on the trial. Take on the trials and. During your course of leveling up on the planet, and if you guys remember back to my uh, one of my previous lore segments on the Jedi trials themselves, remember, yes, the trials are actual formulated tests, but you know, in essence, real life, real life missions can occur, which will substitute for the trials, which the Jedi Council will accept. Yeah, but here's my thing. And I'm going to go ahead and say this because it happens real early in the consular story, so it's not really much of a spoiler. You end up finding that these Jedi Masters are getting sick, and you actually have to use a part of yourself to shield them from this evil plague of the Force. And the way it went down between me and Yuan Parr, who was my master, I interacted with her maybe three or four times, and it was just her saying hi to me and then sending me out to deal with another crisis. I don't think that other than for the sake of, you know, being purely light, if I would have been playing my guy dark side, I don't think that I would have been invested in her enough to sacrifice myself to protect her. Because there wasn't yeah. really a whole lot of that master and Padawan interaction. Yeah, you you do. You make a, a very good point. And um, I see it as a as a defect in the in the overall story regarding that as well. I mean, you're you're definitely you're definitely right with that. They could have kept. Um, even for dramatic emphasis, they could have kept the masters hanging on at least till maybe, you know, chapter three or, or the end of two or something like that before, you know, they, they, they move on. So, all right. Um, we did, we got an email that we'd like to address and, uh, that comes from Mike H. All right. And he says, Hey guys, first, let me say thanks for the podcast. And I enjoy your goofy, I enjoy you goofy SOBs. <laughs> <laughs> 
Thanks. <laughs> Thank you, sir. <laughs> I had to write about your October 2nd episode, specifically in regards to your comments on the changes to Black Hole Comms. The changes they made fall in line with BioWare's mission statement. They have been saying they wanted to use story mode ops to push the story and use the uh, use the hard mode ops for progression. These changes fall in line with that goal. As it was, the black hole comms from story mode EC allowed those guilds with that with that operation on farm to flood the market with reverse engineered black hole mods, essentially tri trivializing gear progression. The people most upset about the changes are those players making crap loads of cash from selling these RE'd mods. The changes brought back a better balance to PvE gear progression. Your numbers were way off when you talked about commendations as well. The gear ranges from 35 to 60 black hole comms apiece. The weekly gain of 6 for the 4-man heroic on Corellia, and the 8 you get from the story mode weekly for the new op. The 5 you get for doing hard mode dailies, and the Black Hole Commendation box from the daily SM EVKP ops means with work, it's still very much possible to gear up without giving some people an unfair advantage. With that in mind, I think you should reevaluate your comments from your last show. <laughs> Malevolent 50 DPS Assassin Harbinger. <laughs> so, um, so Mike, I mean, uh, yes, obviously this is, this is all stuff that we failed to mention. Um, and we we didn't really consider either when when we when we had our discussion. Um, but the fact is is that I mean we're not we're not doing those those particular uh, we're not doing all of that content right now. So that's that's stuff that you know us and not everyone will see. Now, sure, if you've got all of these these uh, these raids these operations on farm and you're able to go in there with a group and do them then yes you can obviously count that towards your your weekly black hole uh grind but if you're not in there then you really can't so even though you are right and we see your point at the same time you, you know we're we're talking from the perspective of some of someone that doesn't exactly have all of the capability that's that's in in the game um also i think you bring up an amazing point you know uh this yeah, I do see this as letting not having this the gear progression being so trivialized. So, I think this was uh, some some fantastic points that you brought up, um, and and uh, we wanted to feature on the show as a result of it. So, thank you very much for your email, uh, guys. Do you have anything to to weigh in on this, uh, Lou? You want to go first? Yeah, yeah. First of all, Mike. Yes, definitely appreciate the comments and the feedback. Please do some more. Yeah, you're right. We were, we were off on the comms. Like I said, I haven't personally done anything with Black Hole yet. I mean, I'm just starting. Okay? So, yes, I do apologize for my ignorance in that part. However, I do also do point out the fact that we are rapidly approaching the one-year anniversary of Tor. And for the fact that it takes it took Bioware this long to realize, oh, my God, we had this in the game. Okay, we allowed this to happen. Okay, that was a major oversight that they should have caught. Okay, if they, if they really didn't want that to happen with gear progression, then they should have realized that, you know, midnight, 13 December 2011, realized, oh my god, wait a minute, um, this story mode drops this. Okay, I'm sure somewhere they've got a board outlining what does what with these operations and these flashpoints. And they should have realized, well, this doesn't fall in line with this somewhere. They need to take this out. Yeah. 
Okay. And yeah, you're right. It, it does trivialize gear progression. Okay. And there's also a lot of people who did take advantage of that where they, you know, reverse engineered these mods. Okay. And put them on the market. And yeah, they are going for ridiculous prices on the GTN. Yeah, they are. Um, Fred, what about you? You got anything else? Well, I think the last week we still made some good points about, you know, he even included it in his email that some guilds that were beyond that content were farming story mode and getting comms from that. So Bioware saw fit to change that. You know, people were taking advantage of the system as it was, so they changed it to fit what they saw was going on and make it more of the gear progression that they want it to be right now. Yeah. Right. Okay. I mean, I mean, I'm not going to defend Bioware and these guilds, you know, whatever's going on. The fact that, you know, if a guild's got on farm, so what? <laughs> if they can do it, okay, they're not punishing them, but you're also taking something away that's, you no, know, not really their fault. I mean, if they can do it on farm, every guild can have something on farm in any MMO. All right, but we don't see, you know, game studios taking away stuff just because, oh, wait, they got on a farm, it's making it too easy. No, it's if they're exploiting something really badly, okay, yeah, then I can see them being justified taking it away. But again, Mark's point, Mike's point is still valid. You know, it's trivializing gear regression. Guilds aren't doing the hard mode, nightmare modes like they're supposed to. Exactly. But see, if the main problem was what he's suggesting, that they were reverse engineering the mods and stuff to be able to sell them on the GTN, then I think that they would have changed this another way, like made those mods from story mode or from black hole comms not reverse engineerable anymore so you couldn't learn the pattern from them. Exactly. That would have been another way they could have looked at it. But yes, you're right. But Mike, in the end, thank you again, sir, for writing in, please. You know, any other comments, feedback, send them in. Let us know. Okay. Good comments, guys. All right. Um, iTunes. iTunes shout-outs. Thank you very much from Canada. <laughs> the enti- the entire country of Canada. <laughs> R- Roll Ross. <laughs> Roll Ross in Canada. Thank you very, very much. Thank you very much for your for your five star your five star review on iTunes, guys. We uh, we love five star reviews. They keep us going over here and uh, on the show. We would appreciate it uh, if you uh, if you give us a review. All right, and uh, the QGN schedule: Minecraft off the record records Sunday nights at seven p.m. Planetside off the record has uh, is about to record their final episode, I believe. Correct, Fred? That's correct, and we should also mention, Evarwin, that Minecraft Off the Record is going to be our last show on the network that actually records live from this point forward. That is that is very much true. Um, we are we are getting away from. Well, I think we've we've mentioned this before, though, on on other outlets. Um, we're we're getting away from that whole thing from uh, the live recording, and uh, it's it's an issue regarding our technology here. Um, you know, we just. We just don't have the internet connections really to, to be supporting this and and have um, the same kind of quality show anymore. We've been we've been noticing a lot of lag and and that's that's the result of it. So um, so plant side off the records final show is going to be uh, let's see Thursday 3 p.m. and I believe that is let me just check my calendar here uh, should be the 11th. Um, Elder Scrolls off the record records Thursday nights. 
and our brand new Dungeon Crawl, formerly Diablo Off the Record Dungeon Crawler, will record Saturday night. So look out for that. Dungeon Crawler is going to be your general dungeon crawling podcast. It's going to talk all about, you guessed it, about dungeon crawlers. Expect a tremendous amount of Diablo talk on that. It's going to be our our mainstay for that particular show, but uh, all kinds of dungeon crawlers are going to be featuring on that. Um, and our Q- QGN community cast that records Friday nights, Friday nights at 8 p.m. every other week, starring Fred and Keth. And this last week, we released a special QGN community cast episode number seven that is going to detail all of these changes going on with the Quest Gaming Network. If you're interested in hearing those and maybe you're not subscribed to our master feed, search for Quest Gaming Network in iTunes and you'll be able to see our QGN community cast on there. That's right. And uh, the next, uh, your next episode is going to be, uh, what, uh, Friday the 12th? Yes, sir. This week. Very good. All right, guys. Final thoughts. Lou, please. Sentinel time. Dual wielding. Enough said. <laughs> Very good. And Fred. I'm starting to hate this droid again. <laughs> oh, boy. That's not Jawa's you shooting by the way. Don't, don't, oh. just, like, just like 40 weight oil. What the hell? All right, guys. I uh, appreciate, uh, appreciate everyone who has, who has included us in your, your Star Wars podcast feed. Thank you for listening and including us as, as one of, one of your Star Wars shows or, or uh, many of the ones that you like to listen to during the week. Uh, how to reach us. Our website is swotorreforge.com. Our portal site, questgamingnetwork.com. Forums. We've got forums. If you'd like to shout out on the forums, say something, whatever's on your mind, questgamingcommunity.com. Email. You can email us at swotorreforged at gmail.com. Tweet us at Swotor Reforged. I'm Evarwin. You can reach me at Evarwin, E-V-A-R-W-Y-N. Lou is at GamerGuy11B, G-A-M-E-R-G-U-Y-11-B. And Fred's at Sith Lord Corv, K-O-R-V. And don't forget about our network Twitter as well, at QG Network, QG Network. And, and especially don't forget our weekly Twitter theme of sending poodle pictures at Evarwin and use the hashtag Evarwinnie. Right, yeah, don't forget that. Why? <laughs> Not an idea. Facebook. We have a presence on Facebook as well. You can like us. Like us on Facebook. Like it a lot. Swotor Reforged is a Quest Gaming Network production in association with the Middle Earth Network. Good night, everyone. Thank you all for being here. See you all again next week on this Starship Cruise Through the Galaxy. Good night, everyone. Take care, everyone. Be safe, and may the Force be with you. Remember, the Force will be with you, always.
just going to find you more pictures of fat girls in toilet costumes. I almost welcome that. <laughs> what are the Trade Federation guys sound like they're freaking Rastafarians? Oh, no, no, they're really bad actors. <laughs> Speaking English in a bad translation. Because <laughs> the movie can't afford subtitles. I'm not going in there with two Jedi. I can't wait until he does the next release of Star Wars when Yoda doesn't die and Luke Skywalker goes fighting the Emperor with Yoda sitting on his shoulders. Good. In the back, or in the backpack. <laughs> Cut him down, you must. See the Yoda, the Yoda pack. <laughs> hey! What fungus in your face? <laughs> hey! Because you know they had like hover Corvettes in the prequels. And Luke's got to drive around on a hover raft. That cheesy land speeder. Well, you know, it wasn't his. That was, you know, Uncle Owen's. <laughs> Uncle Owen was a poor ass. I didn't think that was very lore-breaking, though. Hey! Oh, no, Sandy! We are <laughs> The sand people got repurposed into the putty patrol of the Power Rangers. <laughs>